Welcome back to the Sportsbet Football Podcast. We're halfway through the tournament and what a varfest it's been. Uh, here's an amazing stat for you. There have been almost as many penalties in this tournament as there are penalties in an average game of rugby union. Chilling, chilling stuff. You join us with the Socceroos World Cup hopes hanging in the balance and to try to tell us how they could get the job done against Peru, we've enlisted the former Socceroo and all-round excellent human being that is Brett Emerton. And for all your best betting information, we've got Sportsbet's head football trader, Kieran Racione. Um, how are we, gentlemen? Good, thanks, mate. Yourself? <laughs> I'm pretty wide-eyed by this point, to be honest, in the morning, Brett. My uh, my standard one-morning coffee has gone up to a three with these uh, these 4 a.m. games and, and what have you, but uh, feeling okay. Kieran, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Not many uh, not many Zeds either here, so uh, <laughs> yeah, can't wait until the tournament ends to uh, get back to a normal kind of routine, but it's been amazing. It's been a bizarre sort of few days with VAR dominating the headlines, the number of penalties in the, in the tournament already exceeded any other tournament um, in history and we're only just halfway through in terms of the games played um, but let's put that on a back burner and Brett we'll, we'll jump on you uh, initially here and, and get around you because your tips have been um, going extremely well you had uh, two correct scores uh, in a row the other night and then and then overnight you've managed to pick at least three of the right results um, none of them spot on but uh, but still um, good tipping by you maybe I should take Kieran's job guys yeah, maybe, are there any opening roles in the in the soccer trading team or anyone, any any sort of dead wood that you want to get rid of at the minute yeah like I was listening to your tips last week Brett and I was like you know you're onto something here with some of these so um, yeah you did definitely did a better job than I did last week so there's probably uh, you know probably time for that down the road you heard it here first um, so boys that Denmark game Simultaneously, the Socceroos seem to be lucky and unlucky. The, the penalty for me was um, could be seen as harsh. Um, I'll get to the reason why I thought it probably wasn't uh, later. But then also, Australia dominated possession in the second half. Uh, all the pressure was coming from the Socceroos, and we didn't get the goal um, to take it to a victory. Um, Brett, what was your sort of take on the game? Yeah, I was uh, quite impressed with the, the boys' performance, especially in the the second half, um, I thought they, they really stepped up. Um, but again, I think we just lacked that extra little bit of quality in the in the final third of the pitch. Um, so hopefully when we come up against Peru tonight, we can we can change that. I mean, Andrew Nabu going off with a uh, dislocated shoulder uh, halfway through the second term. Um, I think, you know, in, in the pub that I was in and on social media, the calls were uh, pretty unanimous for Tim Cahill. Um, I wasn't surprised that he didn't come on and, and that Jurich came on. Um, he was pretty poor, to be honest. He's um, he's a strange he's a strange player, Jurich, because he's large um, and he, he looks strong, but he doesn't play like a strong man and he doesn't seem to have particularly good feet. He also seems to want to get the ball... Um, sort of in between the lines as opposed to play on the last man or play like a traditional target man which if you're six foot three or four um, and, and almost 100 kilos that's the that's, that's the way you would you would think you would play um, I think there'll be lots of clamour for Cahill at least to come on against Peru do you think there's any chance of that happening and if you do do you think it's a good decision if he does come on do you think it'll be a good decision Brett? Yeah, obviously it's uh, it all depends on on how the game pans out. But uh, always thought this would be the game uh, Tim would be most likely to play. I think uh, obviously the Danish defence was was quite big and strong and probably could cancel out Tim's aerial threat. Where the Peruvians are a little bit different, so there could be an opportunity for Tim to get some game time and. Um, I think he probably will. I think he probably will get uh, maybe 15, 20 minutes at the end of the game tonight. I think that's yeah. I think that's probably the the right shout. With um, with that in mind, do you think then we're going to have to sort of have some really good sort of presence out wide? I mean, I think the the introduction of um, Anzani in the Denmark game was um, very welcome, and, and he seemed to add some real directness to our attack. Um, how did what did you see? What did you think of his sort of performance in that game? And um, do you think he starts tonight in place of um, Robbie Cruz, who? Um, Probably the less said about his performance um, in the Denmark game, the better. Um, there are lots of adjectives we could use, but um, none of them broadcastable, I wouldn't think. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think Daniel's obviously been a, a breath of fresh air. He's, he's come on and 
he's uh, definitely brought something to the game. Um, but I think as a, as a manager, you need to look at his work defensively as well. Um, whether he's as good as Robbie Cruz in that aspect of the game, I would I would doubt it. Um, so I would love to see him play. Um, I've enjoyed watching him play, but I'm not convinced he will start tonight. But um, if he does, I won't be disappointed. I, I uh, think he's he's done enough to definitely deserve an opportunity. The um, the one thing I will say about Peru is that their their defence are yes yeah, certainly not large but certainly fast. Uh, Advan Cooler, I think the second fastest um, player recorded at the tournament, and I think in world football the fastest ever recorded. Um, he will be um, the the direct opposition for Anzani, I think. Um, and if we're going to get balls into the box for to exploit their lack of height and lack of strength in the centre halves, then we're going to need um, we're going to need Matt Leckie and someone incredibly pacey and nifty out wide. And I think that to me that seems to be more likely Anzani than than Robbie Cruz. You're right that Cruz is um, a, a far a uh, far more solid um, defensive option, but um, with a with a win needed here. Um, I feel like Bert's hand may be uh, forced slightly. Just on the melee penalty, um, what what was your view on it on the VAR? Do you think it was um, stiff or do you think it was okay? Um, the, the VAR has been almost as but the beauty of the VAR is, is that it's been it was you know meant to come in and sort of sort out all these sort of fifty fifty decisions. Yeah. Um, it seems to have been as unreliable as the referees were previously and it just has a new layer of talkability to it so in a sense it's kind of quite enjoyable because you get to talk about the VAR decisions whether they were right or wrong um, yeah. as opposed to just whether the referee was right or wrong and yeah I, I personally have enjoyed it for that reason and no other reason what was your view on the penalty Brett? Yeah I mean there, there have been plenty VAR decisions already during this World Cup that I that I haven't agreed with um, that have been a bit bit soft um, this one um I probably would have given it. Um, I think as a as a defender, you can't put your your arm in that uh, kind of position. Um, the ball's going obviously goal bound, so there is a chance it may end up in the back of net. So I may be a little bit biased, but uh, I think he was correct in, in giving that one. Yeah, and I think that's I think you've you put your finger on the nail there, which is I, I'm I'm off. I personally think you know ball to hand is is a legitimate part of the rule. Like if. If the ball hits your hand, that's and it's not intentional, then that's not a handball. Allegedly, yeah. I would say that there is, there are. It is slightly different if the ball is then heading towards goal and is goal bound. I feel like if it hits your hand and it's not on purpose, whether it's not on purpose or not, I feel like that has to be a penalty because the yeah. ball was heading towards his, the goal. His arm is raised as well. It's not not beside his body. It's uh, up above his head. That's, yeah, an that's unnatural position like, like for sure. And like yeah, definitely an unnatural position then. Like I just said, as a defender, you know not to to take that risk. He's taken the risk, and he's he's been punished for it. Okay. Well, we'll get to a preview of the uh, of the Peru game in, in greater depth later. Um, we'll, just, we'll quickly rip through the um, the overnight results. Uruguay um, put three past Russia. I think we finally saw the real Russia team. Um, they were they were badly exposed, I thought, and Uruguay, um, you know, put them to the sword with relative ease there. Um, Spain will play Russia in the next round, and Uruguay take on Portugal. Um, hard to see Russia uh, making it past Spain, and that Uruguay Portugal game for me, I think Uruguay. That's currently a toss up, isn't it? In in terms of the the betting, yeah, it's it's picking yeah. But um, Uruguay for me, clearly the uh, the better option. Did you have a? Did you were you surprised by that Uruguay result? I don't think you were. Particularly were you, Brett? Uh no, um, <laughs> I, I probably I probably wouldn't have um, picked a three nil scoreline, but um, I think Uruguay have, have been pretty solid and they're definitely um, been on the up during the tournament. I think what's most impressive about the Uruguay team at the moment is their defence. Um, they haven't conceded a goal all tournament so far, and I think they've actually gone six games international games without a conceding a goal. So. Uh, defensively, they're, they're very solid, and I just like the balance of the team. Uh, Suarez is starting to fire up front, and Cavani's got on the score sheet now, so I think they will uh, beat what I consider a, a fairly average uh, Portugal team. Yeah, I think I think we're in agreement that they are a pretty average team. Um, 
you know, that, that goal um, overnight was one of the better goals I've seen scored. Well, we'll get to that match in a minute. We'll just quickly do Saudi Arabia versus Egypt. Uh, Salah scored and then proceeded to miss an absolute sitter. Um, the Saudis were then given two of the, the dodgier penalties I've seen in the competition via VAR. Um, the Saudi goalkeeper made an incredible save from the first one, palming it onto the bar. Um, and the second one was um, soft, to put it mildly. The VAR then called the referee over and were like, no, we don't think this is a pen. And he decided it was a pen, stuck with his original decision and kept it as a penalty. Uh, they scored from that one, um, which seemed to lift the Saudis. And, and then they scored. It was... Um, a bizarre game and one that, uh, look, you don't want to talk about, you know, questions of match fixing and this type of thing. But um, whether that was a thank you for the 5-0 spanking they took against the hosts in the first game. I don't, I'm just putting that theory out there. I'm, it's completely unfounded. It's uh, it's conspiracy. It's probably nonsense. I, for me, that will always live as a fact in my heart. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know if you saw that game uh, or what your take on it, Brett, was. Um, probably, probably just a... a Thank you and thanks for coming to both teams. Um, good to see Salah in a World Cup, but probably nothing more to take from that game than that, really. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it wasn't really the most interesting of games. Um, yeah, happy for for Mo Salah to to get on the score sheet. I think after the uh, the year he's had at club level, he he probably deserved that and um, should have had a couple more. Um, some. I guess some glimpses of him as uh, the player he is, but apart from that. Not too much to get excited about. Absolutely not. In, in stark contrast to the next game, Spain-Morocco 2-2, you called this result right. You had it uh, one all, um, so a score draw. Um, incredible game for me. Um, I, I thought PK should have been sent off in the first couple of minutes, first five minutes, for one of the one of the blunter-looking two-footed challenges I've ever seen. Um, no VAR, no card whatsoever. Just absolutely baffling for me. It was a textbook red card. Um, he stays on the pitch. Morocco go ahead after catching out Spain at the back, uh, fanning around with the ball. Iniesta sort of leaving it for, uh, I think it was Ramos who just sort of didn't understand that he was to take up possession. Morocco pounced and, and, and buried the resulting opportunity. Uh, Iniesta returned from his mistake a couple of minutes later, sort of a, a sort of slightly later in the, in the first half, pulling it back from the byline for Isco, who banged it into the top corner. That was a great finish. Um, and then the rest of the game was just absolute chaos. Amrabat hit the post with an unbelievable outside of the right foot shot that was um, one of the more sensational um, shots of the tournament and, and would have been easily the goal of the tournament had it gone in. Uh, PK handballed, obviously, for a free kick that would have been just on the edge of the area, VAR letting him off yet again in completely baffling fashion. Morocco went ahead with a uh, El Naziri uh, corner with an absolute a bullet header, one of the one of the better headers I've seen in international football for a long time. And then Iaspas scored for Spain. Initially, it was flagged offside. And then VAR came back to um, reinstate the goal when I thought... It was as borderline as a decision can be. And I think in that instance, it doesn't require the VAR technology, which is a clear and obvious mistake. There was nothing clear or obvious about that. And snatching the the win from Morocco at the absolute death. Horrible for Morocco, who've been one of the, the best teams in the tournament to, to go out at this stage. Um, they play brilliant football. They have an incredibly handsome manager. It's a it's it's a it's a tragedy in many ways, and the end of my girlfriend's interest in the uh, tournament. Who uh, she um, not a massive fan of Morocco, massive fan of uh, her uh, Renard. Um, how do you see this one, Brett? If you um, if I don't know if you caught the highlights. Yes, uh, I mean the big teams always seem to get the big decisions in these major tournaments. So call it a conspiracy theory. Um, who knows? We won't talk about that, but. Um, no, I, I agree. I think um, you're, I guess, entirely right. Morocco have been a, a fantastic team throughout this tournament and only walk away with a single point, but uh, they've definitely been entertaining and they deserve more and they probably deserve more in this match as well. Um, I think Spain, lucky to get away with a with a 2-2 draw. Um that's five goals there they've conceded now in the in the group stage. So I think if they've got a realistic chance of of going deep into the tournament, they'll have to um, shore up that def- that defence. Yeah, for sure. And they're likely to. So who have they got in the next round? Russia. I mean, you, it's tough. It's difficult to see them. It's difficult to see them losing that game. But then again, with um, 
who's that big Russian forward? Diazma? Diazma? Duba. Um, you can see him posing some some trouble for uh, PK and uh, Ramos if if Russia can get enough ball up to him. Um, whether that will be the case, I uh, I wouldn't want to bet on it. Uh, Iran Portugal one all. Ricardo Quaresma with probably the goal of the tournament so far outside of the right boot, just an inch perfect. Probably unlikely to be beaten for a goal of the tournament for me. Ronaldo then gets a penalty, which. Um, was probably the the only VAR decision that I've seen so far that I 100% agree with. He was clattered into, uh, then missed the resulting penalty. Um, Iran could have had a VAR penalty, didn't get it. And then Ronaldo should really have been sent off for an elbow on Ganji. He um, he just just pretty bluntly just kind of jumps over his shoulder and, and, and thrusts the elbow in the face. Uh, Ganji goes down like a you know, sack of spuds um, and rolls around on the floor in, in a way that it was, t- to be honest, pretty unbecoming. But... Um, you know, it goes to VAR, the referee troops off, sees what we all see, and, and there is within the within the confines of the law, there is no way that is only a yellow card, and yet he marches back onto the pitch and and uh, seems to sort of lose his bottle at the last minute, takes out the yellow card instead of the red. Um, another VAR handball, that looked pretty stiff. Um, headed down onto his arm from one foot away for um for a for an Iran penalty in the in the dying in the dying minutes of the game. That one for me was inexcusable. Um, no chance of that being a penalty. And then Iran had a chance to min it with a Mediterrami at the back post firing wide with the whole goal just gaping in front of him. It was uh, desperately unlucky for Iran. Um, and more evidence maybe that Portugal aren't the team, aren't a team to be feared in this tournament going forward. Um, what was your view on this one? Brett? My, my view? Um yeah, I think I haven't been impressed by Portugal all tournament. I thought uh, against Morocco, they were poor, and against uh, an average Iranian team, um, in the end, lucky not to not to be packing their bags and, and going home. Um, like you said, Iran had a fantastic chance to to win it um, and leapfrog Portugal in the in the standings. So, um, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously misses the penalty. So. Uncharacteristic from him. Uh, maybe that'll give Messi some confidence moving forward. Who knows? Um, <laughs> bit of a uh, bit of Chardonnay, an injection of Chardonnay, never a bad thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, not not too many um, talking points about this game. But nah. um, like Cresma, yeah, goal was was amazing. Um, but um, Portugal, I think, um, definitely need to improve. And uh, Ronaldo has been, I guess, in my opinion, um, quite anonymous in the last two games. So he's going to have to lift his form as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit like that. You know, you'll have an, an absolute stormer and then go quiet for a few games. How do you see this game against uh, Uruguay panning out Kieran in the, in the round of 16? Yeah, well, first of all, they could forget about beating Uruguay if, if Ronaldo was given the red card, which he should have been. So they're extremely fortunate on that. Um, on that one, I think Uruguay are definitely deserving favourites. Um, for me, putting a price on the game, I think Uruguay should be in around the kind of 240, 250 mark as opposed to 280, which which is available at the minute. Uruguay are just so good defensively. Um, they've never really looked in trouble in any of the games, albeit in an extremely weak group. You know, all three of those teams, including Russia, who got completely found out last night, are weak. But having said that, Uruguay, you know, they've been one of the top South American teams for a long time. Great defensively with, with Jimenez and Godin and then, you know, clearly two of the best strikers in the world. But they've also got some really good young talent in midfield as well. A few of the guys playing for, for Juve, Inter and Sampdoria. So I think they're strong. Um, I do think they'll they'll come through and win that game and then on to France or second place in Group D in the quarters. Interesting stuff. Um, we'll just pick out a few of the remaining results from the last week of games to to quickly mull over. Uh, Croatia spanking Argentina 3-0. Um, the broadcast team for Argentina in Argentina who were sort of doing the pre-match had a three-minute silence uh, after the game. Um, a bit histrionic, but also um, very funny. Um, Argentina were absolutely woeful. Croatia were um, were excellent Um Modric running the show very much and scoring a, a wonderful goal. Um, 
Argentina now need to win their final game. How do you see, would it be would it be good for the tournament for them to go out or is it, it, it or not? You always need to see one giant killing, I think, in the group stages, um, Brett. Or is or would you rather watch Argentina and Messi hang around and and go out in the latter stages? Hopefully, yeah. No, I'm I'm hoping they'll uh, they'll bounce back and get the job done against Nigeria. Um, we uh, we watched the World Cup to watch the best players in the world, so. We want to see the likes of Messi and Higuain go deep into the tournament. So I know um, there's been, a, I guess, in the news, a, a players' revolt um, against the manager. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how that pans out over the next uh, day or two. Yeah, they've, they've apparently walked out on him. Um, that apparently they're going to manage themselves for the final game against Nigeria. Whether that's a good thing, I'm not, not too convinced. How do you manage yourselves? Who picks the team when you're managing yourselves? Um, Argentina started their last game with a lot of their sort of uh, smaller players, players playing in uh, in the domestic competition as opposed to their more um, established European stars. be interesting to see what the team sheet looks like. Um, yeah, Maradona also demanding an audience with the team. Um which you can't think is going to be helpful. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they come out against Nigeria, who themselves have been simultaneously flaky and brilliant. So um, we're very much looking forward to that game. Germany seconds from going out earlier in the in the week, um, saved by a last kick of the ball goal from Tony Cruz. Um, devastating for Sweden. Um, devastating for me personally, who... Um, I, I would pay the amount of money I would pay to see Germany go out in the in the group stages is just it, it blows my mind. It would certainly put a, a healthy dent in any house deposits that I'm saving up for. Um, did you see this Brett game? Were you, were you like me, devastated to see it, or like, I sense that you've got a bit more of a healthy attitude around uh, sport and probably wanted to see the the better team go through and and the better players go through? Yes, um, no, I, I, I would prefer Germany to. To continue on in the tournament, um, basically just just very surprised in the situation that they they found themselves in. I think they're they're too good a team to uh, to put themselves there, and um, very fortunate to to still have a chance to progress to the round of sixteen. Um, I still think they will come good. Um, I think obviously the German team they've got a lot of. A lot of fight, a lot of character within the squad, so I, I can't see anything but them bouncing back and, and still going deep into the tournament. I think that's the, the worry for Belgium and England, who uh, may be going into that final game in a bid to try and avoid a round of 16 clash with Germany. Speaking of England, um, we'll quickly touch on their results. 6-1 against Panama, a Panama team who, I'll be honest, I, I genuinely think I would have been able to get into that team on the on the basis of that performance a i'm really good at complaining uh, i'm a good diver i'm as dirty as they come on a football field um and i just reckon i've got a bit a better touch than a few of them that was for for, for my money you know listening to the english press in the uh, aftermath of that game it was you'd think you know there was a chance of footballs coming home they might as well have just put the put the pens down the journalists and just written that over and over and over again in their uh in their columns, it was a, a baffling, baffling response to um, a very talented England team. Yes, beating a completely—there's no other word for it. I'm going to say it, a completely shit uh, Panama team. Um, they scored two goals from penalties, two goals from set pieces, and one absolute belter from Jesse Lingard, and then a, a, a dodgy deflection. They seemed to think that was enough in the second half. They just turned off with um, Sterling and Vardy desperately needing to be played into form. How did you see that one, Brett? And and after that, Kieran, can you just tell us what the uh, the betting is like on that game against Belgium? Because I'm all at sea on that game. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, a, an unconvincing uh, 6-1 win. <laughs> it did, did nothing to, um, I guess, uh, it's, it's very hard to judge. And like you said, coming up against a, a very poor team, um, not only in Panama, but Tunisia in the first match as well. So uh, the jury's still out on England. I think, um, yes, they've, they've probably done everything that's, that's been asked of them so far, but um, obviously Belgium will be the first big test and only then I think we can uh, 
I guess, determine what chances they've got in this World Cup. And even then, it might be a sort of a difficult thing to judge because they might be going to, into that Belgium game not not particularly asked if they come in second place. You know, basically, I think what what it looks like is that England might be going in needing a red card to get second place and Belgium need to go in trying to lose. Um, what's the betting like on that game at the minute, Kieran? So it's pretty tight on, on all three outcomes. We've got England 275. That's just slight favourites over Belgium 288 and three the draw. But really, it's it's kind of up in the air as to who wants to win the game. Basically, they will be playing after all other groups are decided. So I think, you know, they'll, they'll look at the draw, they'll, you know, decide which side is better to be in and then the game will be played out from there. <laughs> I'll be uh, watching that game with interest. I think the, the, the I have literally no idea what's going to happen. I feel like actually Belgium might be the team who, it, England, England are the type of team who will be lambasted at home if they go out and are obviously trying to lose that game. For me, it, it might be Belgium that go out and field a weakened team and hold on and try and do something a bit crafty. Martinez, any moment that he can look a bit shrewder than he actually is, I think he is prone to take that type of opportunity. Um, England, I think Gareth Southgate is a very stand-up individual and I think he will go in trying to win that game. Um, absolutely. And I think that's probably the right approach. Keep the momentum going as opposed to... Uh, as opposed to trying to be too sneaky. Anyway, far too much in England as ever. I apologise um, to our Australian listeners, of which you are the vast majority. Um, and with that in mind, we'll now jump into tonight's game, Australia versus Peru, make or break. Um, a really, really tough game for the uh, for the Socceroos. They are paying how much at the minute, Kieran? $3 Socceroos, two thirty Peru and three fifty the draw. Three fifty the draw. Um, we've already touched on whether Anzani should start over Cruz. Um, lots of people calling for Tim Cahill to start. Um, would that be your approach, Brett, or do you bring him on with 10 minutes to go? I think we've touched on this already. Yes, yeah, uh, I guess it's a, it's a really hard call to make when you when you don't see uh, Timmy in training on a daily basis and see what type of shape, physical shape that, that he's in. Um, whether he's got the legs to start from from the get-go, um, but I still feel he'll be better as an impact player off the bench, and I think that's that's how he'll be used. Yeah, absolutely. I think the you don't want to use up those legs running around the pitch. You want to use up those legs in the final 15 minutes just with jumping for headers. That that would be my advice on, on using Tim Cahill. Um, not that my advice has ever been sought. But, uh, and uh, I, think, I think our approach to the game will still be quite cagey in, in the first... Uh, get definitely the first half as well. I don't think we'll change too much. I think uh, we'll he will concentrate on obviously being defensively solid. Um, and as the game goes on, I think we'll we'll uh, obviously try and nick a win there. Yeah, with 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 Peru, it seems to me they've got a lot of pace. They've got a lot of wild, like some good wiles up front with um, Mister uh, Mister Marching Powder. Um, he. Um, He's he strikes me as a very sort of composed and, and all round sort of centre forward. The the area I think they lack um, talent is the midfield. I think they're lightweight in midfield. I don't think they're in, don't think their sort of passing in midfield is is exceptional. Um, I feel like that's an area the Socceroos can dominate, and, and and as we all know, dominating the midfield is is sort of eighty percent of winning a game. Um, is that an area that you see where we can we can sort of get a foothold in this game, uh, Brett? Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably our strongest part of the pitch is is centrally with with Aaron Moy and uh, Mila Yadenek. I think um, they've done particularly well in this World Cup. Even against France, we were able to maintain possession quite well. Um, so it's definitely an area of the pitch I think we we need to dominate in this game. Um, I do think Peru pose a threat all over the pitch. They've got um, amazing pace out wide. Um, and Paulo Guerrero, I think he's, what is he, 35, 36 years of age, but mm-hmm. uh, still a world-class striker. So definitely have to be wary of him. But I think Trent Sainsbury's been one uh, who's really impressed this tournament. He hasn't really put a, a foot wrong. So as long as he's on top of his game, we should be able to shut him out. And what's the uh, what's the money saying in this game, Kieran? Are the Socceroos fans getting around their team as you would expect, or is there a bit of uh, a bit of shrewder money coming in? Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing both teams actually being laid. Obviously, with the the strength of our our special, 
Um, we're seeing money money on both. Clearly, the patriotic money is is all for Australia. So, you know, we will have major liabilities there. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, even as you say, though, there is smart money about on Peru. Um, you know, the two thirty available on Peru for me is a price. So we are seeing both being laid. Very very interesting. Are there any sort of key? Um, key things for you that the Socceroos absolutely have to do, Brett, that will that will give them an opportunity to win this game. The problem that I see is that they haven't scored any goals, really. You know, two goals from penalties, that's, that's not going to be enough unless we get a penalty, which is, you know, far from out of the, um, out of the equation. But it feels unlikely that we'll get three in a row. And, and if we don't, then where are we going to get the goals from? Is, is that the key to this game? Can Australia score? And if they can score, where do you see, it? Where do you see those goals coming from? Yeah, I think that's all. It's, it hasn't only been a problem, I guess, at, at this World Cup. I think uh, our last five goals have, have come from um, penalties or, or free kicks outside the box. So we haven't scored from open play in, in quite a while. So that is uh, is a worrying sign for the Socceroos. Um, but obviously, the I think the man we've been speaking about, Daniel Arzani, is probably the key to unlocking um, the Peru defence. I think he, he gives us a little something different. And I think also Matthew Leckie, I think it's the the game against uh, Denmark was probably the best I've seen him play. So I think he'll be full of confidence uh, going out there tonight. So I think they're the, the key two players for us. Do you think Leckie can... Uh, Leckie for me can be a goal scorer as well. Is it likely that he'll be sort of cutting inside or do you see him very much as in the sort of more delivery type role, trying to get the ball in for uh, for Joric to use his height and, well, I would say his strength, but he doesn't seem to have any, um, use his height to sort of maybe score a, score a header or, or get some a knockdown or a flick on. Um, is that the role you see him or do you see him maybe coming in a bit more centrally and trying to do it a bit more himself? I think we saw a bit of that towards the end of the Denmark game, him yeah, cutting inside. Yeah, we saw a bit, but I think um, I think Leckie's an out-and-out um, attacker, a wide man. I think that's his his natural position. So I don't think we want to see him drifting inside too much. But um, if we can get the ball to him and, and get him in 1v1 situations with his pace, he's, he's always dangerous. Um, his quality of the final ball, I think, can improve at times. I think that sometimes what uh, what lets him down. But um, like I said, I was I was very impressed with his with his last performance. So hopefully we'll we'll see that again. Okay, and uh, just quickly before we go, Kieran and Brett, I'll get a uh, I'll get a first goal score from you. I'll get a correct score, and I'll get any other sort of little tidbits you want to throw in, just to make this even more interesting. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris, uh, Kieran. Okie doke. I would go, first of all, yeah, I think Peru for the match or value. If I was looking at a, at a correct score there, yeah, I think there would probably be a few goals in it, so I would go for 2-1 Peru. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Brett? I'm going to go for 2-1 Australia. What? Uh, yeah, it's very nice. That, that, that's what I like yeah. to see. I'm uh, patriotic. You know, um, no, I, I, I really believe we, we're good enough to, to do the job. And uh, first goal scorer, I think it's, it's it might be uh, Tommy Rogic. I think it's it's his time to, to stand up and be counted. Very nice. I've got a Christian Quaver for my uh, first goal scorer, but I also have Australia winning 2-1. I can see Peru going ahead quickly, maybe from a penalty. Uh, and then I can see... Um, then I can just see uh, see them coming back, see Australia getting over the top with maybe a last minute goal. Um, if you want to, if you want to have a punt on that as the same game, monthly one hundred and forty one dollars just for those two legs, uh, fairly long odds, but but clearly worth clearly worth a dip. Um, right, gentlemen, we'll um, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll preview the rest of the games uh, coming up for the rest of the week. Right, boys, welcome back. Part two. Um, that was my Australian accent. Not great. Um, we'll have a quick look at the games now coming up for the rest of the week. We'll start with um, the uh, the other game in uh, the Socceroos group, Denmark versus France. We obviously want France to win here. 
Um, there's a good chance Deschamps rests players, I think, but that can tend to be a good thing because those players are looking to get a, a starting role. Um, how do you uh, how do you see this one going, Brett? Do you think um, Denmark will do as a, France will do as a favour and, and and beat Denmark? I, for all the world, I can't see how France lose this game. Yeah, I think France will will get the job done. Um, even if they do rest players, they they haven't got a bad bench, have they? So they're not uh, lacking in quality. I think obviously the the pressure is off them a little bit. They'll play relaxed. I think they've shown uh, shown a slight improvement um, over the last couple of matches. So I think they will do us a favour and be too good for Denmark. Okay, how do you see this one going, Kevin? Yeah, I think France are overpriced as well. The draw is quite short at 280, given the circumstance that obviously Denmark qualified with the draw. Um, but yeah, France's bench is still incredibly impressive. You know, the likes of Lamar, who's just gone to Atletico Madrid, uh, Fekir with Lyon, Giroud up front, Dembele, Toliso. They've got, you know, strength and depth effectively everywhere. And Denmark, you know, they've really, um, they haven't done much you know, at all really in the tournament to get four points. So I think France at, at two ten is actually value. Yeah, I think so too. And I think France can come out and, you know, really go for it against Denmark, who I think are, you know, almost custom made for France to get a sort of, you know, uh, how to put this confidence boosting three nil win. Um, play a few of their strikers into form. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's, you know, it gives and it gives Australia every chance of of qualifying uh, if they do. And I think we can rely on France. Um, he says. Very, very dangerously. <laughs> right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Iceland versus Croatia. Iceland need a win to go here, uh, go through here and hope that Argentina beat Nigeria in a close game so that they've got the better goal difference. Uh, Croatia have already qualified. It's just whether they go through uh, first or second. How do you see this one going, boys? Um, can the Iceland fairy tale continue? Or, uh, or Croatia? I think Croatia are a team prone to probably taking the foot off the gas if they know it's it's all done. I wouldn't be surprised if Iceland were were able to scrape a one nil here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, you know, Croatia will rest players. They haven't um, guaranteed to be top of the group, but it's it's an almost certainty at this stage. Iceland in qualification um, qualified ahead of Croatia as well. I think Iceland um, against Nigeria. They were really stifled by the heat as well. So Iceland don't play well in heat. It was <laughs> what a surprise! Yeah. You know, it was it was over thirty degrees, um, and you you could notice that um, you know as the, as the game went on, they're not going to have the same issues here. It's going to be a night game, and yeah, given the circumstances, you know, Croatia still have some good players like Kovacic on the bench who will start. But I think Iceland at three forty is actually good value. Yeah, it's it's amazing the 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 impact the heat can have coming to Australia as a, an amateur footballer from the UK, where I'd spent a lot my last three years playing football in Regent's Park at probably between minus three and seven degrees. Um, rolling out in Australia at sort of thirty five degrees, I was um, a markedly different player. Um, relied a lot more on. Uh, uh, positioning, let's put it that way. Uh, how do you see this one going, Brett? I think um, I'm gonna. I, I think it might end all square this one. Um, Who is that good news so, for? Um, just out of interest. Well, it's good it's, news it's, for Croatia because yeah. they finished top of the group. Yeah, and, and then obviously Argentina don't have to worry about the goal difference. Just a win will get them through, or, or obviously Nigeria as well. Okay, like very interesting. So you um, 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 a score draw or a nil nil? Brett. I'm going to go for a score draw there, okay. and uh, I think Argentina will get the job done against Nigeria. So I think we'll see yeah. Croatia and uh, Argentina progress to the round of 16. So that Nigeria and Argentina are very much a winner takes all match. You see them winning. What's the what what score do you see Argentina getting that one done by? Because I feel like that will be a very close game. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for a two-one Argentina. I think there'll be goals. Mm. Um, I think the Nigerian teams always create something. Um, but yeah, I'm backing Argentina to, to band together and uh, and make a comeback. I'm actually going to go against you there because I feel like Discord in the camp, I feel like their centre-halves are not good enough to handle that Nigerian attack. Um, I could see Nigeria winning this one by 
maybe two or three goals. But if you like Brett's take, and, and, and lots of people have been doing, you've been going extremely well. Kieran tipped us into one of the best markets I've ever, ever, ever come across, which is the team to win by exactly one goal. Um, almost half of the matches in the tournament so far decided by one goal. Um, amazing odds, often around that sort of 380 mark. Um, this one, how do you see it going, Kieran? I would, if, you're temp- if, you, if you like Brett's take, what I'm telling you is to take that, take those odds, take the to win by one goal market. What do you like though? Yeah, Argentina are obviously very short. They're $1.51 to win the game, six bucks. Um, Nigeria, you know, clearly they have issues. Um, Sam Pauli, the manager, you know, who was, he's very tactically astute usually and he was highly rated um, pre-taking over Argentina. But yeah, you know, losing that dressing room certainly isn't good and maybe Messi's going to be the one who's picking the team tonight, who knows. But yeah, I think Nigeria are still very weak defensively. I think Argentina will go through them. Um, over two and a half goals is paying a sixty-five. Given that Nigeria, I think, will score as well. I think that's a lock that will that will come through. And I think the Argentina, both teams to score... Um, at three dollars as well, two one or three one is is probably how I see it. Very nice. The other game in uh, so this is actually the day after Mexico versus Sweden. Mexico's still not through, bafflingly on six points. They just need a draw to go through. Sweden need to win um, to have any chance of going through. How do you see this one going, guys? Yeah, so I suppose for me, you know, Mexico they've been very good certainly in, in the in the first game. They do just need that that point to top the group. Um, you know, I certainly think that they they're likely to get it. I don't see Sweden causing them enough problems to actually win the game. Um, if I'm looking at something on the game, I'm liking the penalty takers again, given the obviously the huge number of penalties we're seeing them in, in almost fifty percent of games. Um, Grankvist, who's Sweden's taker, at, at twenty one bucks, and Carlos Vela for Mexico as well, who has scored. Um, who was amazing in, in the first game, <laughs> you know, effectively man marking Cruz. But uh, yeah, I think he could also score the first, obviously, if, if that's a penalty. And he's probably paying around the, the $7 mark, I would, I would mm. imagine. Very good. And uh, how do you see this one game, Brett? Yeah, I agree with Kieran. I don't think Sweden are good enough to, to win this match. Um, but I do see them possibly getting a point from it. So. Mexico might take their, their foot off the gas a little bit um, and just do enough. So I'm going to go for a 1-1. Very interesting. That will leave the uh, Korea and Germany game very finely balanced. Uh, Germany, I think, need to win? No. Yeah, so Germany, you got the situation, I suppose, with Sweden. If Sweden do go and win, that, that becomes... a. Uh, you know, three teams on six points and you've got all these, a massive conundrum to decide who goes through. But Germany will be looking to win by a couple of goals. Yeah, that's, so that's what they need. Germany need to and should win, you would think, against the Korea side who, for me, bottom three teams in the tournament. I think you're talking Panama, Saudi Arabia, uh, maybe Tunisia and Korea in the, uh, in the scrum at the bottom there for... I mean, like, if there was a relegation, I mean, there should be. Like, if yeah. uh, if you're going to turn up at a tournament and play as badly as Korea have, you shouldn't be allowed to enter the next World Cup, uh, I would argue. Um, well, well, how do you see that one, Brett? Do you see anything other than a, a routine Germany win? Yeah, no, I think they'll... I think, um, obviously, South Korea have been very poor and they'll have Germany by their standards, but um, they'll be too good. I think uh, I see them comfortably winning by a, a two or three goal margin. Mm. And uh, I think they'll keep Korea scoreless as well. Okay, well, we go from one of the least exciting games in prospect to uh, one of the most exciting games for me, Serbia versus Brazil, two uh, free-flowing attacking teams. Serbia hamstring a little bit by their... uh, their, Let's put it... uh, How can we put this in a sort of friendly way? Old guard? Um, They're ancient, crippled old players that they've still got running around from? No, they're... uh, a very good attacking team and Brazil um, they need to win uh, Brazil only need a draw to go through um, how do you see this one going gentlemen Kieran we'll start with you yeah you know I, certainly I rated Serbia before the, the start of the tournament I, I still rate them I think Brazil have certainly flattered to deceive you know they certainly they should have scored a few goals before they did um, against Costa Rica in the 90th minute twice you know they were probably value for, for three goals in the end there but but even so that's that's against Costa Rica and in the first game as well, they weren't wonderful. So I think Serbia can probably hold them at bay. I think draw halftime and Brazil probably to come out in the end and win the game is is probably the best option. Mm, very. I think that's 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. And uh, Brett, you? No, agree 100%. I think um, Brazil, by their standards, again, have been um, fairly ordinary, but um, I think they'll have too much in, in the end for Serbia. So I also expect it to be uh, scores to be level at half time and Brazil to go on and to win it. Okay, well then we'll spend as little time as possible in the next game. Switzerland, Costa Rica, I don't care. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the only storyline here, I suppose, is that uh, Xhaka and Shakiri are actually playing because, you know, it was kind of up in the air, which, which changes things massively for Switzerland. Um, but, you know, obviously it was a big kind of political kind of hot potato and, and they've got off. So for me in this one, you, you probably look at something like 1-0 Switzerland. They're kind of a dire outfit uh, to, to win but in a low-scoring game. Okay. And how do you see this one game, Brett? You can, you can, if you want to give this one a miss, I'm more than happy. <laughs> no, I'm actually agreeing with uh, Kieran a lot today. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win. Okay. Switzerland. Yeah, but not the... Uh, not the hardest one to call. I know also probably not the highest stakes one if that one's wrong. Uh, Senegal, Colombia, on the other hand, far more entertaining game in prospect here. Uh, depends on the other game. Uh, if Japan draw with Poland, Colombia need a win. If Poland beat Japan, Colombia and Senegal can draw. If Japan win, Japan goes through and this game becomes a straight playoff. Um, I think that's the uh, that's kind of the uh, the take on this one. How do you see this one going? Uh, we'll start with you, Brett. I'm. Uh, I've been fairly impressed with Colombia so far the tournament. Obviously, they they lost the first match against uh, Japan, but had a, a man sent off quite early. But um, I think they've been fairly impressive. I think they'll be too good for Senegal. I'll go a two-one win. Two ones to Colombia. I think that's uh, an interesting decision. Obviously. Um, Senegal's manager accused of being very, uh, very sort of um, defensive in the last game, making some poor decisions. How do you see this one going, Kieran? Do you think he'll bounce back? Do you think he'll go out attacking? Or will he try and sort of close it down and keep it tight um, as they did in the last game? Yeah, I think either either way that Colombia are, are the, definitely the value here. They've, they've been excellent. You know, as, as Brett said, they went down very early, you know, in the first five minutes against Japan. But even in towards the end of the first half, they, they were dominating that. They obviously ran out of steam in the end and lost. But they really kind of bounced back in the next game. I think the uh, obviously the James, Cuadrado, and especially Quintero, who you know played in Europe before, didn't really seem to make it. But he's twenty five. He looked absolutely sensational in the last match, and then obviously Falcao as well. You know, he's really come back. He missed the last World Cup. Um, he's looked very good in this. I think Colombia are a huge danger. And I think in terms of naps for the week, so, you know, teams that, that we think are going to go through, I think they're probably the, the best. Um, I think they're $1.83 to win the game. And I don't think Sen- Senegal, certainly, you know, how they played against Japan, I don't think they're going to be any threat here. And Colombia will win probably by two goals. Okay. That was as confident as I think I've uh, heard you so far on the podcast. So, uh, Colby by two goals, get on that one. Um, we've got uh, Japan versus Poland as above. Um, it's a bit of a nothing game, really. Um, I can see Poland actually winning this one just to almost spite the Japanese. Japanese massively overachieving at this tournament um, by all reports and um, by any any sort of preview coming into it. How do you see this one going, Kieran? Yeah, Poland have been one of the biggest disappointments. You know, I would have Poland down there with the uh, the other kind of bottom dwellers, you know, as one of the, the worst kind of five teams in the tournament. Now, in terms of this game, then, you know, I think Japan will be will be happy with the draw. Um, I can't see Poland winning, so I think the draw is probably the, the, the best bet here. Okay, and Brett, how do you see this one going? Yeah, draw for me as well. Okay. I've, uh, I've, I've put down a 1-1. One, one. Okay, well, we've covered this one off as well, the next one uh, already, but we'll just fly through it quickly. Belgium versus England. Um, yeah, this is a this is a weird one. It depends how uh, the Germany group finishes, uh, and then we'll sort of see who who's trying to avoid them and if they're trying to avoid them. That's a really horrible burp. I'll probably do that bit again. Um, this game very much depends on how the Germany group ends. Um and whether each, either team wants to avoid them. Um, England, with their history, you'd think might. Belgium, with their, I don't know, propensity to uh, try and do sort of crafty things, might. Um, I've got a feeling England will just go out there and, and, try, and try and win the game. Um, how do you see this one going, guys? Just quick um, 
correct score bets if we can do it because we're dramatically running out of time. Uh, Brett, we'll start with you. 2-1 Belgium. I think um, I think both teams will still want to win the match. I think momentum is is very important in, in big tournaments. So I think uh, very hard to predict having both teams not really being tested this tournament. But uh, I think Belgium just has that extra bit of quality. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Kieran? Okay, I'm going to go for a, I'll go for a one-all draw, and what that will then mean is, in terms of separating the two teams, it will come down to actually booking points essentially. Yeah. So yellow cards. So I'll say uh, a draw, and then England to win by virtue of having one less yellow card. <laughs> Amazing. Um, be good if we could take bets on drawing lots. It's um, anyway. Well, uh, the last game, Panama versus Tunisia. Um, nobody cares. Um, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, I'm going to go for a Panama 1-0 win. Um, how do you see this one going, boys? I'll start with you, Brett. I think there'll be a few goals in this one. Um, not much to pick between the two teams. I'll go for a draw. 2-2. Two, two. Very nice. And Kieran? Yeah, same as you. I've got absolutely no interest in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that it's going to be open, though. And I'll, let's say... Uh, throw out a speculative 3-2 to Tunisia very good okay well that means something for the Tunisians to uh, cheer about they haven't had much to cheer about this tournament so far so so good for them um, well let's just hope that the Socceroos can get over the line and, and we're not um, heading out of the tournament just yet um, feels like what are they about $6 to get through to the next round yeah six fifty now just drifted out slightly Six fifty. it feels like a little I feel like that's that's worth a little dart I can see Denmark getting beaten. It's just whether we can score the goals. Big Timmy Cahill to come back. You know, Lord knows it'd be a great sort of end to his career if he could come on and score a winning goal for uh, the Socceroos to take them through. Fingers crossed. Um, thank you very much for joining uh, joining me, guys. Um, we'll try and jump on the line uh, maybe tomorrow if the Socceroos are out uh, are through and, and maybe not if they're out. <laughs> um, and then we'll look to, to, to do some more previews uh, later in the week. Thank you very much for, for coming in. Pleasure. Cheers, Ollie. And uh, if you've got any questions for Brett, just drop them into us on uh, the socials. Um, as ever, um, whenever you're gambling, gamble responsibly, always bet you're within your means, set limits and stick to them. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.